This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. We've been featured by Apple as the number one podcast for conscious consumers, and we can't wait to welcome you into our community of changemakers. I'm Lisa. And I'm Laura. We're the founders of Brightly.eco, the new platform for conscious consumers. We believe in supporting all creatures, great and small. And our team of experts show you how to live and shop responsibly by sharing world-changing lifestyle ideas, products, and more. To read show notes from Good Together and to browse all of the planet-friendly goodness that we feature, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And to help spread the word about the podcast, tap on this episode and share Good Together with your friends and family. A simple text message helps us grow and create change around the world. month we anticipate which companies will be in the news for their sustainability efforts and every month we always find ourselves with plenty to celebrate because when a big company makes a move that has the planet in mind there are always others that follow in their footsteps in this episode laura and i are sharing some of the latest companies making eco-friendly news headlines from the past few months let's dive right in all right it's time for another episode how's it going lisa Good. Uh, this one is a good one and has a lots of positive news, which we love it brightly, right? Absolutely. So we, as you guys all know, are really just excited and thrilled to share good news. And we like to share good news that's a, that is affecting all of us. So we know that big corporations, unfortunately, a lot of times are big polluters, right? They're the ones that have kind of shifted responsibility from themselves to consumers over the years. But one positive movement that is happening because of conscious consumerism is that these big brands are starting to notice that consumers are demanding change. And so they're basically now taking it on themselves because consumers are demanding it to make more changes in these big systemic things that they do every day. So we oftentimes will do news reports, articles, rankings, et cetera, focusing on these big companies. And of course, you've told us on social media, sometimes um, you know you agree with us, sometimes you don't. And for us, it's just a really good conversation starter, which is like, look, we can recommend an awesome small brand all day long, but at the end of the day, there's a brand that you're probably going to pick if you walk into Walmart, because Walmart's the closest thing to you. So we like to think about the realistic perspective here. And so when big companies take a small step towards change, we like to talk about it. So that's what we're focusing on this this uh, this uh, week, well, this week's episode. <laughs> yeah, and I think even if you're following on, on social, we make sure to share all of the facts there. And of course, our articles yeah. on Brighter.Eco will have all of this information. This episode will have in-depth um, show notes with all of the links. So um but even with social media, I think we were getting some kind of negative feedback sometimes where people, you know, just mm -hmm. see the first slide and like, 
why are you supporting McDonald's? And we're like, that's right. We're that's not right. supporting McDonald's per se, but we're here to tell you one good thing they're doing, which is actual real change. Like it's not greenwashing. They're actually doing uh, taking a step in the right direction. So let's, let's get into that's it. Right. right. That's right. Well, though, actually the last thing I'll say too is because we feel we, you and I both feel like strongly about this is like, nobody's paying us to say this. Yes. Like this is just McDonald's. stuff that we're finding on our own. <laughs> Don't try to call yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like this is stuff we're finding on our own. If McDonald's ever wants to call us and have a conversation about their stuff, fine, let's do it. But like, no, this is stuff that we find ourselves. Um, and we think that you're going to find interesting. So that's what we cover it. We're not like, selling out or anything yes. like that so just want yeah, to make sure good, you guys know that's that. a good thing to, to mention yeah. so what yeah. is mcdonald's doing uh, so first of all throwing a stat at you according to the epa uh each year americans throw away 25 billion cups alone all of these billion numbers yeah it's just like whenever we have a stat it's always a billion uh, at least a billion and, uh, 25 billion yeah. right now that's not just at mcdonald's oh yes yes <laughs> yeah, yes that's probably good to I make hope, sure that's clear it's not just, oh jeez. Oh so yeah. and mcdonald's um is part of it though as a big giant corporation and uh, you know thankfully to us and the planet they are looking to address this with their latest initiative which is which? Through partnership with Loop, a global reuse platform that replaces single-use packaging with durable designs, McDonald's is actually launching a reusable cup trial program in the United Kingdom, right? Yes, and Loop is doing some cool stuff kind of all over exactly. the world, but I think this is cool that they're doing this with them and they're piling it here now in the UK. Well, not here, in the UK. Yeah. You and I are not in the UK. <laughs> yeah, just so we're clear. Um, and so how does, does it work? Briefly, for a one-pound deposit, customers will be able to order their favorite hot drinks in McDonald's reusable cups. Once finished, they can return McDonald's reusable cups to one of the branded Loop collection bins situated in stores. And once they reach end of life, Loop will then recycle them into new cups. Um, so that's nice. And yes, Laura mentioned Loop is working not just McDonald's. I think there's a few other big name brands that you, you probably know of uh, that Loop is working with. Um, and again, it's a tiny step. And with a lot of these initiatives, uh, it's like it's launching. Um, how do we say it? Um, it's launching. It's testing. It's trial program, right? Yes. In a certain yes. area, as as much as like we would love, it's like McDonald's just like canceled all of the cops. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just like everything is reusable. Unfortunately, that's not how things uh, happen at big giant corporations. That's right. You know, they got to test it exactly. out. Exactly. With smaller brands like Brightly, like a lot of brands that you guys always hear us talking about, small eco-fashion brands, because they're so tiny, the changes are so much easier to implement or do the right thing from the start. But this small trial thing is has a massive impact. Um, well, the other thing I was going to say too, think about it from like McDonald's perspective, right? So they have like... They have to train the employees, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so employees are used to just giving you like your coffee and like the, the throwaway cup. So they have to train the employees in that region. And then they have to, on, on, you know, how to use it. They also have to train the people on telling people where to put them, right? Because somebody's going to walk into the store and be like, what do I do with this cup? So it, it kind of comes down to a training, probably an economics thing. So anyway, it's interesting to think about it from their perspective, regardless of whether or not you think it's important enough at the time right exactly that's a great point i think i think we as consumers as activists like we, we tend to think about these things as, as easy but yeah as you just started thinking about there's a lot of thinking that and things need, that need to happen for this program not to fail and ultimately because in the end if they don't plan it well enough 
then people will start throwing this reusable reusable cup. That's you know right. I mean? That's another <laughs> point. Hey, let's you and I take a trip over to London. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hold up some signs at McDonald's. We're gonna tell people about it, and then we're gonna wash. Like we're gonna just roll our sleeves up. We're gonna just make it work at all costs. <laughs> <We're making laughs> awesome. <laughs> so the next company we're going to highlight is OPI. So if you're a girl in the United States ever gone to get your nails done, I guarantee you, you've used OPI. Um, I remember I grew up in Texas, get the nails done all the time back then. Um, I don't do it as much now, but it's a big leading beauty brand. I even knew about them in Russia and I'm not like, I'm never, I mean, I, I'm not super into nail color, but they're huge. Again, huge brand. Yeah. Huge brand. Gone. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember going into the nail salon and seeing OPI next to the other stuff. And I knew that OPI lasted longer. Like actually it wasn't just that it was like the fancier brand. I knew that they typically would last longer. So that's why I'd always pick them. So what's interesting about what OPI is up to is they've just introduced their first ever vegan nail polish. Um, and the line is inspired by nature. It's called Nature Strong. Um, and it features 30 pigmented shades that are made from plant-based ingredients like sugar cane. Very cool. Really Again, like you see, like they're like something as simple, you think it's simple, you know, vegan nail polish, but then it's like, it's made from sugar cane. Like I'm always like admire the chemists behind this stuff. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And now I'll be the first to say, I'm not sure how nail polish wasn't vegan to begin with. It's most likely due to the testing, right? The testing mm. on, on, of the product, but um, I'll be full, fully transparent. I'm not sure what the difference would be the two, but that would be a guess I'd have. Um, but the interesting thing too about this is that, you know, as we know, OPI is a huge brand. Them making a change like this is really interesting, but sugarcane is also just now being tested in a variety of applications. And Walmart actually recently used sugarcane to create a new bra, which is really interesting. So sugarcane bra, hey, I know. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, and the last thing about the OPI initiative is they're also looking at packaging, which Lise and I have made many episodes about uh, clean beauty here on Good Together. And we always talk about packaging um, when it comes to beauty products, because we all know beauty products are designed to be used up relatively quickly. They want you to buy more. And the packaging oftentimes is just not reusable, um, nor is it usually recyclable. So OPI is trying to make the packaging with this specific line more sustainable. So they're using 20% post-consumer recycled material. So it's not perfect, exactly. but it, it's a step in the right direction. Exactly. Um, yeah, let's get to, I love the, the mix of brands like all over the place, but all of them are pretty massive corporation. Um, Beyond Meat is the next one. Um, I think the, the couple of two, like two next brands are like, they're not major corporations or they're pretty big, but obviously like they don't have a history like McDonald's and OPI, mm -hmm. but Beyond Meat, right. Uh, we've again, covered this brand on our podcast. Um, they are a plant-based alternative to different meats. So their latest plant-based achievement is its vegan chicken tenders. And again, the cool mm. thing is that not only they um, they go after, you know, uh, consumers like us, right, and uh, getting their products to the stores. I love the fact that they're also partnering with restaurants too, right? It's always super mm -hmm. fun to see like Beyond Burger on the menu, um, because again, the more um, we not only we just eat less meat, right, or eat meat alternatives, but the more we can talk about it, the more it adds to the menus, um, the yes. bigger the impact. Uh, so they teamed up with more than 400 restaurants to debut the new product. And 
Oh, that's interesting. Uh, August 12th, so about a month ago, so the company trademarked the name Beyond Milk for its upcoming line of dairy-free milk. We have so much content on uh, dairy-free milk. Um, brightly. Yes, we do. Um, I, I know people are very passionate. If you look at our Instagram post about milk alternatives, it's one of our best-performing posts ever with almost 14,000 likes. So kudos to, you know, it's it's a good industry to be in, apparently, dairy-free well, milk, right? And that's because it's so controversial because people traditionally associate dairy-free milk with being better than, than milk quote unquote, better. What does better mean? There's a lot of things exactly. that go into that. It's not but that one thing straight. that's <laughs> straightforward. It's not, that, it's not that straightforward. So that's why it's controversial. Like whether we talk about sugar content, about how almonds are harvested, like there's all sorts of really interesting things. So, hey, um, it's interesting to see that Beyond Meat is now interested in Beyond Milk and they're interested in some other stuff yeah, too, right, Lisa? I mean, they have clearly very big plans out there. More than 100 other trademarks have been filled for, uh, for by them, including Beyond Crab, Beyond Shrimp, Beyond Tuna, and Beyond Eggs. So hmm. that, that is, um, you know, I think they will be doing big things. That's pretty cool. Well, they are called Beyond Meat, so I guess they're thinking Beyond Meat. <laughs> oh, bad. That's a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next one is Allbirds. So you guys know, like I'm the original Allbirds stan. Like I literally would run around San Francisco in these people would ask me why I was like so excited about my tennis shoes. I was such a nerd. Um, but I love Allbirds. I think they're super comfy. I have a few pairs. So anyway, um, a statistic for you is last year, active wear accounted for a whopping 40% of all online sales last year. This is according to the NPD group. So that's a lot. I mean, um, when was the last time you saw a person wearing jeans? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, I try to put, I mean, now granted, I'm very pregnant at the time of this <laughs> recording. So I haven't put yeah. on jeans in a while, but even before that, it was like, no, it's, it's, it's too, it's, it's not comfortable. But anyway, um, so a lot of athletic clothing and activewear is actually made of synthetic plastic based materials including lycra and oil, unfortunately, which is contributing largely to climate change, as we know. So what's the what's the learning here? Well, companies like Allbirds are actually combating these effects with the launch of new eco-friendly active wear lines. And so Allbirds has a new one that features leggings, biking and running shorts, tees and more. And what's cool about this is the fiber that make up these, you know, various products is made from 75% plant-based or recycled materials. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. And again, it's pretty good for an active wear brand, right? Um, because again, we know like there's organic cotton, there's uh, Tencel, there's other, but like active wear is this pretty special category, same as swim, swimwear. Yep. So uh, it's not as straightforward to, uh, to create high-performing active wear that will actually last you without using some kind of plastic or like that's right, correct you know? you're right lisa i was going to talk about performance mm -hmm. right because you know when people choose to spend money on activewear a lot of it you're right is because they're athletes or they're trying to make sure that you know they're going on the tennis court and they <laughs> want to make sure they're not going to sweat through stuff or whatever so they think a lot about the performance so when you have people or excuse me companies like allbirds that are trying to innovate and say you know what we're not just going to go with the status quo of saying, well, if you want to have performance-based activewear, it's got to be made of this icky stuff. They're really working to make a better, better type of material, which I think is super cool. 
time and time again, you texted, emailed, and DM'd us for our take on a planet-friendly way to purchase our tried and tested Brightly favorites. Because while the world of conscious consumerism is exploding, making mindful, planet-friendly purchases can still be a challenge. That's where the Brightly shop comes in. To reduce some of the eco-overwhelm, every product we sell has been hand-picked and vetted by the Brightly team. You won't find anything in the shop that has less than five stars. We've gone through hundreds of eco-products to discover new and emerging brands that solve sustainability problems for you every day. We even designed our own products like beeswax wraps to keep things fun and to help you live brightly. So how do we help you shop sustainably? The shop launches on the first Monday of each month and is open for five days. So the shorter, planet-friendly shopping window allows us to only order what we need. After the shop closes, we pack and ship out products in bulk. This low-impact supply chain reduces waste and keeps the planet happy. Brightly is also climate neutral certified. Because we are committed to climate action, we have set our entire carbon footprint from operations to shipping. We believe in the power of collective change, and we are so glad you're joining us on this journey. Go to shop.brightly.eco to see what's in store. Yeah, and talking about materials, I want to give them, uh, you know, high five again. I think um, maybe I'm mistaken, but the first time when I heard about sugarcane as like a material to be used in, you know, footwear or clothing, I think all birds were it, you know. Mm, okay. Um, at, at least. But she had the shoes, the shoes right? The, the, the sole of the, the shoes. shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and until then, I've never heard about sugarcane being used in like apparel of any kind. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a great company. We love them. Um, I, I fully converted my husband to them. Um, his whole family, when we went to Morocco, they were like, oh, yeah, I want this. I want this. Well, I should have told us before <laughs> we landed in Morocco. But, um, <laughs> next time. Um, and, yeah, so let's go to the other company. Very different category. Back to skincare and the body shop, right? Massive corporation. Um, you, That's another one throwing it back. I mean, with right? the mall. Yeah, the Everybody OG, used to go to the mall exactly. and get the body shop. <laughs> yeah. Um, so another stat for you, according to the EPA, landfills receive 27 million, this time million, 27 million tons of plastic in 2018. We talk about plastic all the time. So, and of course, Laura was just talking about how skincare, makeup, beauty companies use a lot of plastic. So what yeah. do, does the body shop, is? Uh, what are they doing? It's yet another company in the fight, you know, against plastic. Um, and they're launching, uh, again, starting slowly, let's say, their national refill program. They're launching mm. 400 refill stations globally in 2021 and already made uh, a goal to launch another 400 in 2022. And this is just kind of step number one in their five-year plan to roll out refill stations to a majority of their stores globally. Um, so that's that's amazing. And um, the site's refill store locator that you can find on the Body Shop main website uh, already shows a handful of stations in California, Florida, New York, Oregon, and Washington. You have to go check yeah, that I know, out right? I'm like, uh, I don't go to malls. Uh, so yeah, but I, I want to see that. Well, the other interesting thing, too, about this is the concept of a retailer or the brand, sorry, brand, not retailer, brand itself participating in the refill um, economy or reuse economy. Because we've all heard or at least seen or been to 
refill only shops, right? Where you can go in and like, okay, I'm going to refill all my kitchen stuff and there's some shampoo and like the, that little store has to contact the brand to get the big refill, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's interesting to think about the concept of going into a place like the body shop, getting some new stuff, but also saying, hey, I'm here to replenish something that I use all the time. Mm -hmm. And the body shop is like, hey, just refill it right here. Right. Like, I think that's really a key learning I had out of this one. Super interesting. Yeah, because, again, with any new habit that's good for the planet or whatever, it's super important for the company, the brand or whoever is initiating this habit uh, um, or behavior change. Right. It yes. is extremely important to make the process and the switch as easy as possible. Otherwise, people will be like, oh, no, that's too complicated. And unfortunately, I myself, like on one of these people, not with refill necessarily, but, you know, it's it's our natural reaction to doing things differently, right? And that's why... Absolutely. And that's why, again, like when we were talking about McDonald's or the body shop in this case, they have they understand that the stakes are pretty high in terms of making sure this is a success. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, making sure that you are contributing to those positive habit changes, like maybe you're right, maybe you you don't know about the refills, you go in, you're like, Oh, shoot, I forgot my package. So you end up having to buy another one. Well, maybe you think more about refilling other things in your life. And it kind of like starts the conversation, right? So pretty cool. Um, So the last company that we have to talk about is one that I think most of us are now familiar with, because Greek yogurt really became big and almost trendy in the past, I don't know, five to 10 years, that company would be Chobani. So I have personally noticed that Chobani has been changing their packaging up a little bit because we eat a decent amount of that at my house. Um, But they've been in the news a lot lately because they've had a lot of new sustainability efforts happening. So um, they've, they've launched their first ever fair trade certified yogurts, very interesting. Yeah. They've also filed for an IPO. Big so deal. if you're not familiar with that, that's a big deal in the financial circles and, and, and shows that the company is doing really well and very healthy. Um, and, you know, they have vegan oat yogurts. Um, so they don't just have yogurts made of traditional dairy. They've, they've got some vegan offerings. And this one specifically, they're now replacing the plastic packaging it comes in with paper, which is pretty interesting. So These new yogurt cups are made of 80% paperboard and replace most of the plastic packaging with the exception of a thin plastic lining that's used for preservation. And so that is something where when you think about whether or not that can be recycled, well, ooh, that's a good, I I bet you probably still can't be recycled if it's got that weird mix of the two. Yeah, probably. Um. So we can, we've done so many episodes about recycling and sort of how problematic, unfortunately, it is right now, especially with the confusion amongst consumers, the lack of regulation, et cetera. So when we think about this, okay, on the one hand, you could say, well, Chobani, you got to do better. You need to make some, some fully recyclable or like fully better solution. But what's interesting about this is maybe if these new cups aren't recyclable, if they're made of something like a paperboard, maybe that biodegrades a little bit faster in the landfill potentially. So it's interesting that, I mean, and I'm not the scientist here, so I can't tell you whether or not that's true, but I'm, I'm just kind of going through a logical thought process with, with, with you listeners. So like this interesting, maybe their scientists are at work trying to think of better alternatives, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And we always get this kind of uh, feedback whenever we talk about packaging and like people are like, well, but the lining, it's like, yes, but, but, uh, you know, they have to deliver your product uh, safely, uh, make sure the product is preserved well, it doesn't go bad. Because yeah, we don't want food waste, exactly. right? Exactly. So yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction. One thing I just checked, uh, that's kind of um, a little disappointment on my end. Uh, Chobani was until recently a B Corp. That's why I was like, I think they're also a B Corp. But we've seen a few cases, unfortunately, when companies go public. That's what IPO means, initial public mm-hmm. offering. A lot of times because of the shareholder rights and all this stuff. Uh, they had to pull out of being a B Corp. Uh, they did, yes, so they're not I a B just, Corp anymore. Yeah, I wow. just saw it. I didn't realize that. That's exactly, if you listen to the podcast, I think we mentioned that Etsy, that's exactly what happened with Etsy. I think it's still, uh, you know, it doesn't mean they're becoming, un, you know, um, more unethical or something. No, you see them taking the right direction, uh, the right steps in the right direction. Again, Paul Rice from Twitter Trade USA, like, um, you know, he has very close relationship with Chobani. Uh, also, you know, he's one of those people who pre- prefers to upload the steps, the positive steps that big corporations take. So I think eventually, and that's that's my idealistic point of view, uh, B Corps should be able to file for IPO without any problems. But maybe we're not. We're a few years away from that. Yeah. And I mean, it would be great if, um, you know, the organization that's responsible for certifying the B Corp like, could work hand in hand with someone like a Chobani or some, some company, excuse me, like a Chobani, so that they can be an example to other companies that want to go public in the future, right? Like that to me kind of sounds like a, a situation where there's they both need to act together to make that happen. For sure. Right? You need to meet somewhere in the middle, right? Um, yeah. But anyways, it's a whole other topic <laughs> of the episode. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's get somebody from Wall Street on here. Let's talk. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's do a little bit of that. No, <laughs> you can do that. You've got the MBA. Um, so anyway, guys, this is the the kind of the end of the episode. So we wanted to highlight these six uh, corporations making some small steps towards eco-friendly uh, changes in their the way they do things. Like we said, they're not perfect, but we think it's interesting conversation topics. So hopefully, you know, the next time you go into McDonald's, hey, if you're in the UK, please go, please send us a picture. We'd love to see what's going on there. Um, but the next time you eat a Chobani yogurt or something like that, maybe you'll remember a little bit what we talked about. And again, you can either choose to support those companies again, because you you, you appreciate that they're doing these these changes. Or you can just kind of keep tabs and see what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. And I think another reason I think we are doing this episode is, again, you guys should all give yourself a pat on the back because, again, big companies are making these positive changes for, for the environment, for our planet. Thanks to consumers and activists like you. That's right. Uh, so um, big round of applause for you. Thank you, guys. Um, <laughs> and yes, stay uh, stay tuned for next episode and more positive news uh, from the business world next month. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. As always, you can get show notes and explore lots more content related to all things eco-friendly living by checking out brightly.eco slash podcast.
And don't forget to join in on the conversation that's happening on our Facebook group. Simply search Good Together Ethical Shopping and it'll come up. You can also leave us a question through voicemail. The link is on brightly.eco slash podcast. If you're into social media, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the channels. Our username is brightly.eco. Finally, we want to leave you with a reminder. Every day is a chance for you to create change, and you're already covered for today since you joined us here on the podcast. Stay kind and live brightly.